Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture lesson for today is taken from Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, from chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. It is my hope and my prayer that God will add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of these sacred words. Hear them now. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, Together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. And God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, As I stand here at your sacred desk today, it is my hope and my prayer that I would decrease so that you would increase in our midst. May the words of my mouth and may the meditations of all of our hearts, wherever we might be around the world, be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So this morning, I want to take a moment of personal privilege to say thank you. Thank you for all the ways that you have affirmed my ministry since it was announced just two months ago that I would be taking an appointment outside of Centenary. And I just want to say that COVID-19 has changed the way I thought my last few weeks would take place here. But I am grateful for your love and for your support. Many of you have reached out by email or by texting or phone calls and even on FaceTime. Many of you have sent calls and so thank you. Thank you for reaching out to me and thank you for the love that you have given to my family and to myself during this time of transition. I want to thank this staff. It has been a deep and sincere privilege to serve alongside such an awesome group of gifted and talented people. This team of people genuinely cares for one another. They carry one another's burdens. They encourage one another. And friends, we have laughed. We've done some crying. We've done a lot of praying. But we have laughed a lot. We have dreamed. We have planned, laughed some more, 
had a lot of celebrations where we shared in each other's victories, but we also shared in one another's failures. And then we did some more laughing. I will miss this team greatly. I will miss Taco Tuesday. I will miss birthday bagels at the first staff meeting of the month. I will miss the impromptu brainstorming sessions. And I will miss the moments when we were intentional, where we did strategy and visioning, and then when we planned and when we led worship together. This group of people have been more than colleagues to me. They are family. And I will forever be grateful for the time that I have spent here at Centenary with them. Not only does this church staff care for one another, but they love God and they care so deeply for Christ's holy church. I must share that on my very first Sunday here at Centenary, even though I was shaking in my boots, that first day will be forever etched in my, in my memory. I remember standing in the narthex and Doug Penninger got us all lined up in our queue and the way he does in a beautiful and graceful way and it was time to process into the worship service. The music and the pageantry of worship were more moving and more elegant than I could have ever expected or ever imagined. In this very room, in this sanctuary or down below in Memorial Auditorium, the music has transported all who have gathered in this place into the presence of God, whether it be the organ or horns or strings or bells or guitars or drums or the collective voices. All of those have created beautiful sounds that have provided the balm that we have needed when our souls were so weary. But that music has also helped us express our thanks to God and to carry our deepest needs to our Lord and our deepest desires to the throne of grace. Song and drama and poetry and paintings and sculpture have all been shared in this place for God's glory, and each one has reminded us of God's divine grace upon our lives. I want to thank Martha this morning for singing that song, Throw Out the Lifeline, there's a story behind it that I want to share, and just in case you don't remember, and please know there is no judgment whatsoever because I can barely remember what I had for dinner last night, but I talked about that story during my first sermon here at Centenary. So in case you weren't here that day because you have joined the church since then or come on staff since then or just don't remember because you're like me and can't remember what you had for dinner, I want to offer just a brief recap. In that first sermon, I talked about my great-grandmother who lived just two months of being 102 years old. And at age 98, she was a firecracker, by the way. She was redheaded. I think that has something to do with it. But at age 98, she was still driving, and she still did her own yard work. And she even did her own laundry. Her washing machine was situated on her back porch, and she had a clothesline in her backyard. And when she did her laundry, she would, after it would finish the spin cycle, she would pull all those wet clothes out and dump them into a white plastic laundry basket. And she had a rope attached to that basket, and she would take that rope and she would pull that basket down the steps of her back porch, and then she would drag it across the grass to where her clothesline stood in the center of her backyard. 
At some point in midlife, she had to have a surgery that prevented her from raising one of her arms up very high, and she was also a person who wasn't very tall, so she kept the lines on her clothesline very loose. They kind of swooped down, if you will, and, and she would stand there with her, with her clothespins and her basket on the ground, and she would pin those clothes on that clothesline. And when she was finished, though, she had this great big long stick with a fork on the end of it, and she would pry that underneath that heavy clothesline, and she would pry it up so her, her clothes would be up in the air, and they would flap in the wind, and they would dry. But while she did this, she always had a song in her heart and a smile on her face. The song that she would sing was, Throw Out the Lifeline. The beautiful words, Throw Out the Lifeline, Someone is Drifting Away throw out the lifeline, someone is sinking today. Throw out the lifeline across the dark wave, there is a brother whom someone should save. Somebody's brother, oh then who will dare to throw out the lifeline, his peril to spare. After I finished sharing about my great-grandmother with you, I concluded that sermon with these words. I believe my great-grandmother was able to sing that song because at the right time in her life, someone made it a point to have a relationship with her and to share the hope of Jesus with her. Someone threw out the lifeline, a lifeline that provided hope and strength to raise a family, hope and strength to be married to a tobacco farmer, and a lifeline that brought joy, joy from her contagious spirit to all whom she encountered. Nearly 2,000 years ago, it was Jesus Christ himself who threw out the lifeline to save this old world. And we are all here. We are all part of this great church because someone took the time to invest in us and to share the love of Jesus with us. And then I close that sermon with these words. I believe it's our turn that Jesus has placed the lifeline in the hands of Centenary United Methodist Church, and it's up to this church to answer the call so that many may experience mercy and peace and hope that can only come from our God. So for the next few minutes, I want to talk about how I have witnessed the ways in which you have done just that how you have answered the call of Christ, and how you have thrown out the lifeline to brothers and sisters in beautiful ways. And before I go on, I just want to say a few words to my friends who attend Roots Revival. You will have a chance to hear from me on Wednesday night, and so I have a few reflections for you as well that I'm not going to include this morning, so I don't want you to feel left out. But I do want to begin by saying to you, Centenary, that most of all, you have thrown out the lifeline to me. You have affirmed my faith in Christ's holy church. Last fall, our missions committee made the audacious goal to engage in a church-wide mission, and it was determined that we would partner with Habitat for Humanity of Forsyth County and build a home for a well-deserving family right here in Winston-Salem. And I don't want to name names because I don't want to embarrass anyone, but let me just say that members of our missions committee went to work right away. There were many, many details that had to be sorted through and worked out, but they conquered it and they did it. And then it was to be known that this church would need to pull together our resources of time and talent and treasure in order to make that home possible. 
And so last year during Advent, I stood here at this sacred desk and I shared a vision about that home that we would build. And I asked for your support. I asked for you to give and you did. And then later in the winter when we had our first work day to raise the walls of the house, many of you showed up to help in remarkable ways. You were ready to swing hammers. There was a whole crew that came to serve breakfast and to lunch. Many of you came with lots of building expertise and many of you came with just a willing hand and willing hearts. I do have to share one thing about that day in particular though that I have not shared publicly and that I am really grateful for a long flannel shirt. You see, I was one of the ones that was there with no experience at all, and I was really trying to blend into the crowd when all of a sudden I was bending down to pick up something, and I heard a rip, and then I felt a gentle breeze. And because of my long shirt, I was able to maintain a lot of dignity and decorum as I texted my wife and invited her to show up at the work site with a new pair of pants. And because all of you were so diligently working, I don't think anyone noticed, about, noticed my mishap that day. So I thank God for your heart and for your willingness to be there and to work so hard. Some of you came, like I said, with lots of experience and you were willing to help and some of you came with no experience at all. But the common ground that day was the willing spirit that you had in your hearts and in your hands to share the love of Jesus and to make a home possible. Just a few days ago on June the 3rd, I was honored to stand on the front porch of that home and hand the key over to its new homeowner, Paris Giles, and her children, Camarius and Raymond. Centenary, you did that. You built that house, but most of all, you provided a home and made home ownership possible for a family right here in our community. Praise be to God. Last November, I stood in this spot one other time and shared with the congregation that there was a huge need on the island of Ocracoke, that the island had been ravaged by Hurricane Dorian and we had plans to go to make repairs to homes and to the church. Many of you answered the call and you signed up to go on that mission. And I will never forget the day that we gathered on Four and a Half Street and you loaded yourselves up into the church trailer and trucks and you brought your own, church, your own trucks and we rented a van and you were happy and excited. You had tools and gloves and you were ready to get to work. What a blessing it is for a minister of evangelism and engagement to see the people that he works with serve and love God and be engaged in beautiful and passionate ways. This church responds to the movement of the Holy Spirit so thank you. I have seen this church cast out the lifeline to brothers and sisters in need and brothers and sisters who needed to be reminded that we serve a God who loves with no bounds and that through Christ all things are possible. Two times under my watch, this church has filled a transfer trailer truck with diapers and water and cleaning supplies and clothing and furniture to help our neighbors in the eastern part of our state who are piecing their lives back together after Hurricanes Matthew and Hurricane Floyd. I also this morning want to say thank you for sharing your sacred moments with me. I have been a part of many of your highs and many of your lows. I have been with you in moments when you celebrated because cancer treatments were over. 
I have been with you in moments where your hearts were heavy because someone you loved transitioned to the church triumphant. I am one that believes that hospitals are hallowed ground. ICU units and surgical waiting rooms are places where we experience so many human emotions. And yet you invited me to be in those spaces with you. I have been honored and blessed to share in celebrations of God's grace with you. Standing just down here at the chancel rail, we have shared together the Lord's Supper. There have been wedding vows exchanged, rings exchanged, infants, children, and adults baptized, compromands confirmed, mission teams commissioned, high school seniors blessed with their blankets, Food has been brought to this altar for harvest gifts, and they were lifted and blessed. On the front porch of this church, many of you brought your beloved pets. The UMW invited me into their circles, and the Stephen Ministers and the Shining Light Committee have invited me to be a part of their ministries of offering healing and wholeness. And some of you have gone the extra mile, and I mean literally because you signed up for Run for God, and we trained for 5Ks to support Habitat for Humanity and the Rescue Mission. This church, through all of these things, has answered the call of Christ. You have welcomed the stranger. You have tended to the sick. You have fed the hungry. You have provided clothing for those who have none, and you have visited those who are in prison. You have thrown out the lifeline. So this morning I stand in this space to charge you once again to continue to follow the mission of Jesus Christ and to make disciples for the transformation of the world. The Apostle Paul writes that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I must add that among the thrones gathered at the throne will be many because this church has answered the call of Jesus and thrown out the lifeline. I have seen you throw out the lifeline at Vacation Bible School to families seeking food and assistance at Loaves and Fishes. You have spent the night and served meals at Samaritan Inn. You have offered medicine and fellowship and meals at Love Thy Neighbor. You built a basketball court and served the infirm in Haiti. You packed meals for Rise Against Hunger. You taught Bible studies and led Sunday school classes and you prepared the sacraments in our sacred spaces of worship through our altar guild, and you cared for the earth and the environment through gardening and cleaning streams. You shaped boys into responsible young men through scouting, and you poured your hearts and your souls into the resources of this church to make the capital campaign possible so that we would indeed see a transformation on fifth because you believe in discipleship, and you know that our renovated spaces will allow for continued ministry and innovative ministry and many more will come to know the love and the peace that is Jesus Christ because this beautiful space will allow them to encounter that here. You have done that centenary. You have thrown out the lifeline month after month in the winter, driving the buses so that our homeless neighbors can experience a warm night and a warm meal. And I could go on and on and on with many examples about how you have served Jesus and thrown out the lifeline to others. And I know for some of you, you have been pushed beyond your comforts of limit or your limits of comfort, but you were willing to be vulnerable. And God knows that. 
and I truly believe that God will honor that. So as I close this morning, I echo the words of the Apostle Paul to his letter, his letter to the Philippians. And please know these words come from the bottom of my heart. For I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I will always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you, all of you, since I have you in my heart for whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.